Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. How's it going, everybody? Everybody good this morning? Again, you might be live. Hopefully you're dry for now. We've got some rain again on the way, which is good. We need it. Amen. We're so glad that you all are here today. If you are a guest, you're fairly new to our church, we have not met yet. My name is Kyle. I'm the lead pastor here. We've been praying that you would have a life-changing experience with Jesus today. Uh, real quick before we dive into everything, I just want to celebrate. Uh, we had two kids recently in our kids' church that gave their life to Jesus. Come on, that's amazing.
following him. Why don't you listen? I've, I've given you my voice, my Holy Spirit. Why aren't you listening to it? There for a reason. Right? Sometimes God does that with us. In life. We're starting a new series today called Epic Fail. Right? Epic Fail. Uh, anybody who's ever blown it before? Come on. That's all of us. We, we, we've made some mistakes. But I'm not just talking through like these little mistakes that we make. I'm not, I'm not talking through guys who forgot to get something at the grocery store. Or, or you got something that wasn't on the list all, at all. That bag of Doritos that was bogo up here. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not talking about those little things. I'm not talking about, hey, you, you didn't get that promotion at work and, and you, you, you blew the presentation. I'm not always talking about that, right? I'm talking about those big moments in our life where we make decisions that go against God's word. In the moment, they felt good. In the moment, it seemed right, but it wasn't what God had for our life. Epic fails. We're going to talk through that over the next week because I want to help you bounce back. Maybe you find yourself, maybe you're there right now and, and you're living with consequences. You're living with a situation. You've gone through some things and, and you're really dealing with it right now because you're Maybe some of you in your life, in the past, you, you've blown it and you absolutely know about the goodness and the grace of God because you have blown it, but God has restored you. You have worked through that. You have asked for forgiveness. You've repented and you turned things around. How do we bounce back in those moments? How do we bounce back in those things? So we're going to go through uh, some stories over the next couple of weeks of some big fails in the Bible. And we're going to look at, like, how did they bounce back? What did they do? What was their response in those moments? What did God do? What did they learn uh, in those times? So we're going to go through that together over the next few weeks. Here's the deal. Your failures don't forfeit your calling unless you don't surrender that failure to God. Right? We like to say that first part because it feels right. Yeah. But it only works if we don't surrender that to God. So turn to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 27. We're going to bounce around to a couple different things. Uh, we're going to start in, in the end of, uh, of chapter 1. And then we're going to go into chapter 2 and then a little bit into chapter 3 uh, as well. So, so we're going to go back because uh, this is like the biggest fail. Like, of all, because it kind of messes everything out of the Eve. We know the story. Even if you don't go to church, you probably know the story. Adam and Eve kind of messed everything up for all of us, right? Um, and we see this big fail that they have. They disobey God. They bring sin uh, into the world. So Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 27. Let's read together. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Male and female. Just going to leave those just two right there. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea, the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant in the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours. Someone say yours. yours. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning. The sixth day. All right, let's jump into uh, chapter 2, verse 15. 15 through 20. 
The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden to work in it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free. Someone say free. Free. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But, but, this is a big but. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good. Oh, okay, we're going to stop right there. Um, well, let's go ahead. Let's go. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. All right, let's stop that. So we see here, there's some things that God does with mankind right here. So I want to paint a picture for you real quick. Everything that man needed, God provided. God created the perfect environment, the perfect place for mankind to succeed. Right here. Everything that man needed was right there found in God. We were not created to do life on our own. We were not created to be uh, self-sustainable, right? We weren't meant to just, uh, I'll just do it on my own, right? We were meant to rely on God for everything, okay? So God put man in the perfect place for success. I want you to look at, at uh, chapter 2, verse 4 that we read. Uh, the, the word, um, actually we didn't read that part, but read it anyway. It says, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, right? We know in our day, if someone texts you in all caps, you're like, why are they so angry? Why are they texting mad at me? Right? Or you post something and it's all caps, come on young people, you know what I'm talking about? Right? Oh, why are they young? But, but, but it's here... There's a reason for that. When we see it, L-O-R-D, like that capitalized group with Lord God, it means Yahweh. If you translate that in Hebrew, it means Yahweh, right? There's other names that are mentioned for God at other places, Elohim and Adonai. But those words also mean other things. Yahweh, it, oh, there's only one thing for that, and it means God. It means, it means I am. You remember when Moses was talking to God on the mountain, right? And Moses asked them, you know, who do you want me to tell? If the people ask, like, who you are, what do you want me to tell them what your name is? He says, I am, right? I am. That's also translated Yahweh. In fact, in fact, the, the Jewish people later on, their traditions, they wouldn't even mention the word Yahweh. They would say Elohim or Adonai or some other word to describe God because they felt it was too sacred a word to even speak out of their mouth. It is I am. This is a, a special uh, phrase. Lord God, Yahweh, I am. It's, it's a special thing. And it's, and it's a reason uh, that Moses used because Moses is actually writing this book. Moses wrote Genesis. God told Moses, listen, you need to, you need to write these first five books, you know, the Pentateuch. You need to write this and, and, and pass it on to my people. So it's fitting that Moses had that encounter with God, that God said, I am the I am, I am Yahweh, right? Meaning that he describes him as this in this creation account, right? And here's what that suggests. It suggests that God is self-existent. I am. Yeah, no beginning, no end. He just is. We talked about this a little bit last week. Nothing created him. If something created him, that something would be God, right? He is self-existent. He's always been. He's beginning and the end. Alpha Omega, right? Nothing. He is self-existent, right? He's immutable, which means... Uh, he doesn't change. And then he's relational. He's relational. He created a, us to be in relationship with him. So, so to kind of 
uh, put that in one neat little phrase. It's Yahweh is the all-powerful creator who has entered in a loving covenant relationship with humanity. It's a covenant relationship. It's, it, it, it's, it's God saying, listen, I love you. I want to have a relationship with you. Yeah, that's right. I want to have a relationship with you. Cool story. So here's it. We were created to know 
and obey God willingly. And that's it. I mean, we, we complicate it so, you know, so much. You know, we'll read all these books about it, and, and, and we'll, we'll do all these uh, you know, Google searches, and we'll, we'll, we'll do all these things, and we complicate it. We're, we're just meant to know God and obey Him willingly. That's it. And just trust him that he will fill in the pieces along the way. But Adam and Eve, they broke that. They broke that covenant with him. They disobeyed God. They brought sin into the world. God has set before mankind specific attitudes and behaviors that he regards as sin. And they're contrary to his plan and purpose for us. To disobey God is to distrust his plan. To say... To, to, to go do our own thing is to say, you know what, I got this, God. I'm good. I know everything. I know I, I am my God. We don't like to think that way because that's not that's harsh, bro. Why would you say that? Because it's true. Right? To disobey God is to distrust his plan. So turn to Genesis chapter 3. Here's the epic fail. Here's what happens. We know it, but let's read through it. Because Adam and Eve, they allow Satan to deceive them into doubting God's word. The, the devil doesn't put this apple in Eve's mouth. She chose to take it and eat it, right? But the devil does what he does, and he twists God's word. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, here it is. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Well, God, he did but you see, this is what he's doing. He's trying to lay this trap out for him. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say we must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. We must not touch it, but we not. You will not surely die, the serpent says to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable in wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So here we have Adam and Eve. They were lured into failure. Like, I want you to look at that word. I think we got it on the screen. Look, look, look at that word failure. Look at it. If you break it down, fail, like, they were led. They weren't just led into making a decision. They were led away from God because that's what sin does. It separates us from God. It separates us from His provision. It separates us from His purpose. It separates us from His presence. Okay? It lured them away from that. And it lays this trap out. Right? Now, I know we like to blame the devil for a lot of things, but let's not give him that much credit. Come on. You, you were given free will, and we make our own choices. But he does... Lady straps out. Just lay temptation out in front of us. Don't take the bait. The reality for them wasn't that they could be God, but false gods to themselves. They took matters into their own hand. They, they felt like they, they would be uh, self-sufficient. Oh, well, yeah, I know God's already said that, but it looks good to eat. I can gain wisdom from it, so it must be good. And they forgot that God is able to judge what is right and wrong. Jeremiah 10, 10 through 11 says, all who act like they are their own gods will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. 
separates us from God, which is the eternal and spiritual death. Separating sin or disobedience to God's word is spiritual death and separates us from God. When Adam and Eve sinned, remember they were living the blessed life, but now they brought the curse of sin. Not only to them, but to the entire world, many. We choose to remove ourselves from God's blessings, from his provision, from his presence, from his purpose. When we choose to do anything our way instead of his way. It's like, you know, parents, you see your kids doing stuff, and it's like, man, they're, they're going to get hurt doing that, right? You know, I've got, got a couple of kids, they're always bouncing off the walls, jumping on stuff, <coughs> climbing stuff, and I'm like, man, y'all are going to get hurt. It never fails. They end up getting hurt. Never fails. I, and I, tell them, I, said, I said what I said because I saw it coming. I can see it coming. But they don't realize, they don't realize the hurt. They don't realize the, you know, the extremity of it because in the moment, it's like, oh, this is fun. Woo-hoo! They don't have to do cartwheels off the couch. <laughs> but then they realize it when they're hurt and they're suffering consequences. For many of us, it's the same way. In the moment, it feels good. In the moment, it seems right. Hey, just, just having fun, just living life, doing whatever. But then afterwards, I thought, oh, that, that was a bad idea. We don't realize it in, it's like parents, if you have teenagers and you're telling them, listen, something is off about this young man that's coming around my house, sniffing around my daughter. There's there, there something wrong, come on mama, there's something wrong about this little girl that is uh, uh, hanging around my son. And you tell them that because you sense it, because your parents' body senses are going off. And you sense it and it's like, man, something is off. And, and you tell them, listen, I don't want you being around this kid. Something's not right. But mom, you don't understand. They make me feel good. They sell the right things and they smell nice and they're cute. <laughs> Parents, you see something that their hormones don't. Right? Okay, oh, hold on, hold on, Joe. Not just yet, bro. Because here's the thing we do the same thing with God as his children. We do the same thing with God. And God said, listen, this, I, I, this is not, it's not, it's against my word. Listen, this is not, you know, I've got to say, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just be patient, if you'll just wait to buy that car. If you just, don't spend all the stimming, right? Don't spend the stimulus yet. Come on, you know, just, just wait, wait on me. We do the same thing. Why do we feel the need to do things our way? Number one, there's this propensity that we have. It's a draw, a strong urge to sin. That sin nature that we're born in. And number two, man, we're a bunch of control freaks. We're, but we, we, we feel like we have to have control of it, right? If I can control it, I can manipulate it to get what I want. And that's the same thing the devil did. That's the same thing he did to get kicked out of heaven in the first place. He wanted to be God. He wanted to exalt himself above God. It's the same thing he's doing to get back at God through his creation. Control and manipulate. In fact, control is witchcraft. It's demonic. But God gave men boundaries 
which actually gave them freedom. It actually gave them freedom. They were free, they were free to eat everything else in the garden. But the boundary was you just can't, this one thing. Just this one thing. That one thing, that one fruit, that one apple messed it all up. They were free to eat everything else. Come on. They were free to eat everything else. I got some stuff, I got some lettuce. Roger, I got some lettuce and cucumbers. Miss Rita, I don't see her. I got some lettuce and cucumbers and some mayonnaise from Wednesday night. I got you, okay? You can come see me afterwards. Delisa, I got some watermelon, all right? Got some other stuff. See me after church if you want some. So I got some stuff. So they said, all right, all right, God's like, listen. This is why I need my cordless mic. Listen, all right, we got some apples here. You can have all this stuff here. You can have these apples, but not that apple, right? So, so we're going to take a few things here. I'm not going to separate the fruit like that. Come on here. Take a few bananas. I like bananas. Take a few here. Right. Yeah. So God's like, listen, you can enjoy all this. And there's a lot. You can do all this. Just don't, just don't touch this, right? I mean, just don't, because it's not my plan. Because I want you to rely on me. I don't want you to rely on your own wisdom and understanding, right? I want you to trust in me and look for the trust in me. So, so, so don't touch it. You can have all this stuff. Everything here is more than enough. But just don't touch this. Come on, you can enjoy his purpose. You can enjoy his provision. You can enjoy his presence. Just don't, just surrender your life. Just surrender all that other stuff. Right? Hey, hey, if you give me 10%, then I will bless you with 90%. So you can enjoy all this and it will be blessed. How many times we like, man, I don't know. I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if that's enough, y'all. God, I hear you. I hear you've got, you've got a plan and purpose for my life, but man, I, I just, I don't know sometimes. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta have control. And then this isn't blessed, it's cursed. We were meant to live in God's purposes and His provision and in His presence. And He gave us boundaries. God's not trying to put you in a box, right? We all feel like we're a peacock and we gotta fly, but God did not put you in a box to keep you held back. He put that there so that you can enjoy Him and everything that He has for your life. And in that, there is freedom. You get all, all the, the blessing if you surrender your life. You get His provision, you get His purpose, you get His presence if you surrender. But how often do we give up so much for a momentary pleasure? For that one outcome. For a moment, but it's like, it looks good. Feels good. I think I can benefit from it. And mess everything up. How many times do we give up his power and his presence, his authority, his blessing, his purpose, his calling, sometimes heaven and eternity? That one thing. That forbidden truth. You know, it's not, it's not just one drink that takes the edge off at the end of the day. It's not just a little bit of fun that you enjoy, but you have to compromise your faith to do it. I get it. There might be distance between you and your spouse at home, so that person at work, they're funny, and they get you, and they listen. All those things that you 
enjoyed when you first got married, but listen, they're not just another friend. Many are so willing to give up all that, all that God has done, all that he wants to do. We're still willing to do that for a momentary pleasure. So how do we avoid it? How do we avoid the epic fail? How do we avoid it? Let's go to Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Eve trusted her own evaluation of what was right and what was good rather than allowing God's word to define what was right and what was good. She trusted her own, right? She trusted her own thinking and evaluation of this moment. She said it, it, it looks good. It's pleasing to the eye. It, it, it would be desirable for gaining knowledge and wisdom, so it must be right. And there's things in our life they look good. They look fun. They're pleasing to our eye and our flesh sometimes, right? They seem harmless, and they, they sometimes, they, they make sense. But just because something can be beneficial to you doesn't mean it's best for you. There's some things that are, are good, but they're not God. Right? Sin is ultimately irrational. We try to rationalize it. We try to make sense of it. We try to justify it. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for Adam and Eve to think they could gain anything by disobeying their creator. How many times do we try to justify a decision in a moment we think, hey, you know what? I've been working hard, man. I deserve it. I deserve this, whatever that is. You know, I'm, I'm not been tired and stressed and just overwhelmed. So Jesus understands. If I can make this decision after everything I've been through, we try to justify our decisions, our sin. So instead of running to God, we reason with ourselves. And in the end, sin doesn't make sense. In the moment we think it does, but then just like our kids, we realize the truth afterwards when we face the consequences. There's going to be times when we're going to be tempted. Most of those times are going to be when we're vulnerable. When we're vulnerable. So what does the Bible, this is how we avoid that, the epic fail. In those moments, in any moment, like we walk in the Spirit, you've been given God's presence. To live in. Walk in the spirit. Paul said walk in the spirit so you don't walk in the flesh. When we see him and his, uh, his thought process, he's, he's very transparent with everybody when, when he talks through that. He's like, listen, I, and he's like, I'm out with it. I, I want to do some things that I know I shouldn't. I know the spirit wants to do some things in me and, and he talks about there's more going on in his mind. So he says walk in the spirit so you walk in the flesh. Constantly tapping in, constantly trusting our source of our provision, our presence, of his presence, excuse me, and his purpose. What, what did Jesus say? That I'm the vine, you are the branches, so abide in me and I will abide in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Right? How many times have we walked away from that because we want to remain in ourselves? what we're going through, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. One of my favorite verses that's got me through so many 
rough seasons of life is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He wants to give you purpose. He wants you to live in his presence and in his provision. Especially when we're vulnerable, especially when you're, you're stressed out, you're tired, you're overwhelmed, you're confused, you got doubts, you got fears, especially. And it's a different kind of relationship that we develop with God in those low moments of life. Because it's easy to praise God when everything's going good, but what about in those, those difficult seasons of life? Our faith is developed when our faith is tested. That's when your faith is, that, that's the moment to have faith. That's the time to exercise faith when you're going through it. When it feels like, man, I don't know if I can pay my bills, man. I've got some, I've had some loss in, in my family, man. And I feel like it's not just raining, I feel like it's pouring, and, and I don't know what to do, and we're overwhelmed, and we're vulnerable. Those are the moments that we dig our heels in in faith. Those are the moments when we pray even more. Those are the moments when we are singing hallelujah. Middle of this week. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, right? But the last time. It's a different relationship. It's when we get to know God intimately, is in those low moments, those low seasons of life. But far too often, push it away. Push God away. I don't feel like being spiritual. I don't, I don't feel like praising right now. I don't, I don't feel like raising a hallelujah. I don't feel like praying. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm desperate. May we allow our desperation to make us desperate for God. For His presence, for His purpose, and for His provision. You don't have to question or doubt it. Just trust Him. Trust that He is more than. And if He gave them more than enough, they still, still took the one thing. What, what, what do we do? What do we do? If, if you have one of those epic fails in life, maybe you're dealing with it right now. What, what do we do? You can either flee or you can find. You can either run from God or you can find your way back to Him. Right? Far too often we, we hide. We do exactly what Adam and Eve did. Remember the Bible says that they ran and they hid. They, Make coverings for who? Themselves. Right? Again, here we go. That's self-sufficiency. They cover us for themselves. And they went and they hid because of what? Guilt and shame. They realized then the consequences. They messed up. And they hid. They covered themselves. Guilt and shame that robbed them of their confidence to be close to God. Some of you, you might be hiding from what you've done. You might be dealing, that might be a very real situation for you right now. And it's only kept you away from God and it's kept you in a cycle. It hasn't helped you. Hiding doesn't help, it, it hurts. Hiding doesn't help us, it hurts us. And in Genesis 3, uh, verses 8 15, I won't read the whole thing, but, but God says, What? Where are you? I believe they'll ask that question of you today. Where are you? Where are you right now? Adam went, where are you? He says to Eve, what have you done? And then we see them. I, mean, I know we don't like to like put a magnifying glass on this because they screwed up big time. But they do, they do come out of hiding. And they own up to what they did. 
They, they come out of hiding. They tell God, this is what we did. See, if you don't come out with it, if you don't deal with it, it's going to carry with you. You're going to connect what happened with who you are. So, hey, I, ha I failed. So, I, was, I guess I'm just a failure. And that's all I'm ever going to be. And it doesn't have to be that way. You believe the only way, though, is this, I, I'm just going to be safe. I'm going to hide it. I'm going to cover it up. I'm going to sweep it out of the rug. Nobody knows. Nobody got hurt. So, it's all good. But, but that's not the case because covering up the outside won't help what needs to be fixed on the inside. Not giving it up to God keeps you from moving forward into what? His purposes. It's going to keep you from His presence, and you're going to continue to try to provide for yourself. It's going to keep us in a cycle. We think if we deal with it, that that's going to hurt. That I, have to, I might have to fess up to this thing, and, and that's embarrassing, and, and then there's that shame, that guilt that kicks in. And we feel like, man, it's going to hurt. But I would rather hurt in the moment and, and, and deal with it and get it out and move on with life and move on with God's purposes and, and, and get back in His presence and, and start relying on His provision again than to be stuck in that same cycle of shame and guilt. Adam and Eve, they came out and they owned up. Even though now they have to live with those consequences, even though now there's this, there's this curse of sin that's come upon them, God still makes a way.
Today is it's time to do it. It's time to come out of hiding. It's time to come out of those coverings you've made for yourself and deal with it. Maybe today you're feeling like, I, you know, I don't understand what I've been through, what I've been through. I, I'm tired, but I'm tired of the cycle. I'm tired of the same old thing. Same old thing. I'm tired of putting it on the front. Come on, is that you today that would say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm just tired. Tired of this guilt cycle, shame cycle, tired. And if you're ready to get some rest, if you're ready to get some freedom today, man, I, I pray you trust in God that you follow Him. I'm going to give you that opportunity here in just a few moments. And if you go ahead and stand up with me as we get ready to close, you know, many of you know I, I love sports. Talk about it often. Kind of missing some football right now. But it'll be here before we know it. Baseball just started back up. But you know, in football, in football, there's some games where your team and they just blow the other team out. It's like, it's like we used to call it when we were kids the run rule. You know, like when we were kids, you used to if you scored 10 more points than the other team, then like they call the game because they don't want to embarrass the other team. Well, you get higher up, that run rule doesn't exist anymore. You just get blown out, right? And, and, and I love my uncle, uh, he gets season tickets uh, to the Florida Gator and Joe Gators. And, uh, and so every now and then I'll, I'll get tickets to go. We usually get tickets to like the, the, the first or second games. Those are usually the boom boom games where we completely destroy the other team. And so those are always fun games because it's like I know we're going to win. And it's going to be like 40, 50, 60 to nothing. And it's exciting. We're chanting. Everything's going well. We're going, you know, big 50-yard bombs and breaking off these deep runs. And they're doing all the right things. And those are fun. You know what games I don't like? It's those really close games where it comes down into the last few seconds. Where, and my heart's pounding. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't think they're going to pull this off. And it, and it just stress. And you work. And you're like clenching your teeth. And you're like shouting, you're like yelling at the rap more, and you're yelling at those players, and it's like intense, and I hate those kind of games. I hate those kind of games. You know, I grew up, I grew up in the backyard playing all kinds of stuff, and I used to play those scenarios out. Score corner, under a minute left, score down, got one more play to go. Focus. Something gets correlated between their eye, what they saw, and the actual 
on the rebound. Those that got reinstated. Those like Peter who denied that he even knew Christ. But there was a reinstated. Comes out there at Pentecost preaches to a whole town of people. 3,000 people get saved. There's many people like Peter in the Bible who are on the rebound that God used today. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to go on the rebound. Maybe you need to go up and grab that shot again. Maybe you're here today and you've blown the time on two. Maybe you have this epic fail that's hanging over your life and it's time to grab the rebound. It's time to, to get back in the game. Understand that nothing changes about the way God sees you. He still loves you. He still has a purpose for you. He still wants you in His presence. He still wants to provide for you. But you gotta take a step. You gotta move. You gotta jump up for that rebound. Your failures don't forfeit your calling unless you fail to surrender it to God. And say, God, here I am. Here's where I've messed up, God. I know I've messed up. I'm tired of living through that. So here it is. Here it is, God. I repent. Change. Make me new. Maybe some of you, you need to pray that prayer today. Maybe some of you need to pray through that. Maybe you need to ask in a moment. We're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to have people up here that would love to pray with you. We're also going to have communion in the back. Anybody who would like to partake in communion, you can go do that back there. The bowers are back there. church if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at transforming life go to www.tlchurchpc.com if you haven't been to our church yet we would love to meet you come by for a life-changing experience god bless